The Mind Aware, 407. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll mm. go get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. <laughs> what I found to be the secret. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Aware Show. Hey, I'm so excited today because I think this is a topic that really hits a lot of us. Do you hate feeling salesy? Like, it's so strange, you know, this is like the definition of our job as entrepreneurs is to sell stuff, right? <laughs> like, there's no other job description except sell your stuff, and yet we can feel really weird about it, right? We can feel weird about asking for the sale. We can feel weird if we get rejected. We think it's all about us, or especially be strange about asking for the sale when it comes to those premium products or programs where it feels like this is a lot of money and they're going to say no or how do I ask for this with confidence? Well, I am so excited to have the creator of Connect to Close with us today. Her name is Julia Andrews and she is the expert on how to start feeling comfortable asking for the sale, how to increase your sales, and especially how to get those premium product sales. So hi, Julia. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. To... So Julia, I would really like to start, and I don't normally do this, but I'd like to start with your story because you have a really interesting background, and I think it would really help put all this into context. So could you tell everybody a little bit about your background? Yes, I'm going to give you like the cliff notes right of it, but um, just to just to kind of uh, let everybody know, like I started selling out of um, necessity, like out of desperation, which I don't know if anybody can relate, but it was really when I was 17 years old and I, my parents divorced and I had, you know, I had moved into to, to San Diego to, to the United States. Uh, and I had to help my mom feed, you know, my brothers and sisters. And we were, uh, you know, a family of six. And my mom was working two jobs. Uh, my oldest sister was working uh, a full-time job, going to school. And myself, we were basically in charge of bringing in the food, literally. So this was no joke when I'm saying it was desperation. So I started working and uh, selling, you know, knocking on doors, going door to door to sell knives. And it was one of those things that, you know, I kind of make, make light of this right now, but it was a real big adventure. I was learning to sell and I was learning to speak English at the same time, which is kind of bizarre, right? And uh, I only knew a couple of words, but um, it was it was just, it was an incredible adventure of, of what the mind does when you have no alternative yeah. and what you're able to do 
when you have no other way out, like you have to produce something. So my big why was really to come home and, you know, buy groceries. And that really got me into the mindset of um, when you sell something versus when you work hourly. Like it was incredible to be able to sell a set of knives for $25 or $2,800 and get 50% commission. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. So, and when you think of knives for two and three thousand dollars, that's a real lesson as right? a young woman. You know, you're like just a high school ager and you're out there selling this yeah. premium product. And as you said, because you have to. And one of the, the take lines I remember reading on you is sales was my second language. English was my third. And I thought I can't even begin yes. to imagine <laughs> what it would be like to have to sell with literally just a few words that you can speak in a language. Uh, so many good points that you just made, Julia. And I want to reiterate the one you said of like, it's amazing what the mind can do when you have no alternative. It's like you, you buck up and you get it done, right? It's incredible to say so, but it, it does. So that gave me a lot of, it was almost like my learning ground or my, my schooling. You could say my foundation. I learned not to take no Personally, I learned social proof. Other college kids were selling these things left and right. I was like, well, they can't. I can sell it too. So it was like removing those blocks and people were buying them. So I was like, well, this, I guess this is how the world works. Like it just, it really allowed those negative things to set in where I couldn't do it. And so moving on from that story, you know, kind of like there were a lot of lessons looking back um, that I was learning, not knowing, and then understanding how to uh, connect with people, you know, how to, if you think about it, nobody really needs $3,000 worth of knives, right? But if you create the mind of like, what is the dream with your family, maybe learning, maybe taking up a class, maybe, you know, it's just incredible what we can do for someone you know, when you're delivering top-notch service and you believe in your product. I was 17 years old, I didn't know any better. Uh, so jumpstart a little bit. I got really good and I started selling and it was really fun for me. At first it was just one of those things where it just I had to get it done so I didn't really have any time to think about it. And I, I met this, I sold a set to a couple and the guy happened to work at Merrill Lynch and I walked out with a, with a purchase order and with an, a job offer. Oh, you know, wow. to work at Maryland. I was like, oh my God, yes, obviously. I had no idea what I was doing and it was incredible. I was I was really, um, you know, very enthusiastic about just learning and being super curious and I think that got me very far. And from there, I just continue to take um, financial positions and sales and, you know, kind of up the ladder goes. But the thing that I loved in the about selling and not a lot of people are like oh I'm allergic to it right but it's really how you look at it if you look at it as an ask like oh my god I'm asking for a favor I'm asking them to do something you're already starting off with a different mindset a mindset that doesn't serve you if you're looking at it from like the point of view of how can I impact this person how can I make their life better with my product with the understanding that not everybody's gonna want what you have 
but yeah. that's that's okay, right? I mean, if you look at it, you you know, uh, if you go to the movies, for instance, not everybody's going to have the same experience in liking a movie or liking a story that you are, and that doesn't stop you know the producer or the actors, uh, you know, from making movies. Just that there's everything wow. for everybody. That's a great uh, that's a great analogy. Like the movie analogy. I don't think I've ever heard anybody use that one and it's so true. It's like we as humans, we don't think like every movie every single person's going to like. So why are we so weird about our products that we think oh every single person's going to like this? So it's a really good analogy. I want to pull out some of the nuggets you said here already in the opening cuz you have so many good ones. The first thing I'll observation I'll make is that you were training your brain already and it it was like you were so open because you were young and eager and so you were open to the ideas of like making it successful that you were training your brain with evidence and that one that you said about like if they can do it I can do it like that's something all of us can garner from that we can all look and say well that person did it so so can I you know this isn't something that's not figure outable we can do this and I love it that you ended up feeling so good becoming so good at your craft that then the next opportunity came like had you gone out and said well I'm going to go apply for a job at Merrill Lynch you know who knows what might have happened because you'd have been kind of maybe nervous well exactly and even if you would have you might have been nervous or thought this is you know out of my league or whatever it is but here you go you're just following your happy path and as you follow your happy path, the next opportunity presents itself. And now, and by the way, folks, I want to tell you, Julia is no lightweight in sales. She has sold over $215 million worth of, what, what would you call it, investments, I guess, with Merrill Lynch. So, asset protection. Yeah. 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 So, so it, it, let me ask you. Why do you think most people feel so weird about about sales? You mentioned one that we think we're asking for something, but it seems like this is a real problem. This this fear of being salesy. What do you think it is? My opinion, and this is my you know professional and personal opinion, is that people feel like they're taking something from someone, like they're asking, like they're I'm gonna take. I'm going to take their money. I'm going to take their time. I'm going to. So they're they're right from the get go. They're they're not looking at it as a very positive thing, like a very just a win win situation. And that's in a nutshell, the biggest thing I see is that they're 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 already thinking like I hate asking for money. I don't. So they make it about them as opposed to making it about how can it enhance the life of the other person? How yes. can it make it better? How can it, um, you know, change, provide a solution? How can it um, enhance their, you know, their family life, their time, their just, just whatever your product or service or program does, like think about it, how better their life is going to be because of you actually mentioning, talking about what is it that you're doing in a way that you're not trying to take it. You're actually trying to provide an alternative, you know, solution to what they have at this present moment. If you're looking from, from, from a point of view of negativity of, oh, this feels uncomfortable, this feels, well, right from the get-go, we're starting off on the wrong foot. Yeah, so step one then really is, 
think about the transformation that you provide for your clients and think about how their lives are going to be better because you offered them whatever it is you offered them. It's funny because when we recommend, I'm using the movie analogy again, when we recommend a movie analogy, we don't think we're asking people for things like, oh, you have to go see this movie, and oh, I shouldn't ask them to do that. That's their precious time. What we think we're doing is we think we're giving them joy. We think like, oh, you're going to laugh so hard if you go to this. You have to go see oh, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's about it. This is amazing, or this sucked. Which is everybody's entitled to their opinion. You never did with with the thought, the mind of like, oh, I'm 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 making them like you said. You know, they're gonna take their time, their precious time, and they're gonna invest it. You know, for two hours or three hours in this movie, and it's just like you're 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 not attached. Yeah, you're not attached is what it is, and we don't take it personal. And so I think that's kind of the next thing to ask about is rejection, you know, because obviously not everybody's going to want what we have. And so I think if you're leading with the idea that you've sold yourself first, you're excited about your product, you know it can help transform people, but then you get out in the world and you offer and you get that rejection how do you deal with that? You know, I've read somewhere, and maybe you know this, Julia, that when you get rejected, it actually has a physical reaction equivalent to being punched in the gut. And so well, what do you do? So there's a lot of things, and, and with, with time, I've learned that it's very psychological, and just stay with me what I'm going to say. You know, when pe nobody wants to get rejected. Who wants to get rejected? I don't want to get rejected. I mean, come on, right? I want everybody to like me and to say, yes, I want to buy this from you. But the reality is you have to um, look at different things. For instance, the first thing I would look at is let's make a little inventory of how we were uh, maybe treated when we were little. Did we experience rejection when we were little? Was that a traumatic effect on us? Because believe it or not, that's going to have an effect on how you deal with rejection when you're older. Mm. Um, it did, let's say, and, and that's hurtful for you, we would work with your mind and separate yourself from the from the event that happened way before that has nothing to do with the event at this present moment. So think about it from the point of view that everybody gets to choose. Everybody has, uh, it, it hasn't, it's not that they're rejecting you as a person and saying, you know, I don't like you or whatever. It's just that maybe they don't perceive that that is what they need in their life. And it's really your job to showcase the value so that the right people want what you have. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of different messengers for the message. And depending on who's the messenger, people are going to gravitate towards that or they're going to be repelled by it. And you need to understand that the way that you are and how you are is perfect because you're going to draw in the people that want you, ask you who are, ask you deliver your message, it's just everything, right? But the people that don't, that's okay. Then there's another messenger probably somewhere else. And it's just not taking it as something that hurts and, and protecting your heart and knowing that you also do the same thing. I mean, if we didn't have – I mean, the, the movie was one analogy, but let's say, like, I'm into cars. I love cars, so I'm going to say <laughs> about cars. But, I mean, there's not only one sports car. I mean, there's not one Porsche. There's not one BMW. There's so many different cars. And there's taste for everybody, right? So you have to really kind of look at the big picture when you are going out and, and sharing your life's work or what is it that you do that 
that there are people that are not going to be really valuing what you have to offer. And that's okay. That yeah. happens to everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, it's totally true what you say. And I, I want to wind back a little bit to what you said about attracting the right person. Because I know for myself, my honest and sincere belief about how I feel about the message I put out there is that it's not going to resonate with everybody, but it is going to resonate with the people who I want to play with and who I want to hang out with. And so when I get those no's or when people don't resonate with me, it's almost like a blessing because those are the people that shouldn't be in the sandbox anyway, you know? So you have to kind of look at it as that you're kind of going out there as you're awesome, powerful self and, and attracting the right people. So the no's become almost like a, like a, what do they call them? Like sifters, you know, you're sifting through and the no's are like, okay, good. I don't want those people anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Being polarizing. People may think differently about this, but being polarizing is one of the best ways to, to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I stand for. This is what I do. And if you're in awesome. And if you're not, you know, that's great too. Yeah. <laughs> like there, nothing, you know, you left an open seat for someone that's going to be pumped to work with me. You're spot on here, Julia. I have so many questions for you and I want to come back and talk a little bit about high end products, more premium products, because you have yeah. a lot of experience with selling stuff that's at a really high ticket price. I mean, come on, $3,000 yeah. knives, people. All right. So here's the thing. <laughs> Sit tight because we are live on Facebook. For those of you that don't know, the show is taped on Facebook every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So that's our live studio audience. So I'm going to get in here and mix it up and talk to some of the people who are here live. You can join us live, too, just by going to DanaWild.com slash updates, and you can get in on this. Before I leave, I want to make sure and give you a second to find out how to connect with Julia because she has a really cool free gift for you. So first of all, obviously, you can go to her website, juliaandrews.com. And so that's easy. And remember, it's Julia Andrews, not the other one. Right? And you can get this great gift from her. And especially, I think all of you who are, are coaches or people who do one-on-one -on -one calls, you're going to love this. It's at giftfromjulia.com. And side note, how genius is that Earl, right? Like, doesn't everybody just want to go out and get your gift from Earl right now? Giftfromjulia.com. It is an ebook that gives you the five things you should never say on a discovery call. So I know some of you are doing calls where you're, you know, maybe doing free consultation calls or to close future packages, or maybe even if you're doing things like sponsoring calls or things where you're talking to people and having one-on-one -on -one connections, go in and check it out. It will really help you, and it goes against the grain, like stuff that you hear all the time that you shouldn't say. Julia says you shouldn't, so check it out, and you'll find out why. And better yet, she gives you the, the information on what to say. So check that out at giftfromjulia.com. I'm going to be back to talk about higher-end pricing. And we'll be back in about 90 seconds, so sit tight. Have you seen Dana's Top 5 Myths video yet? It's the video where she turns everything you've ever heard about building your own business on its head. If you've ever been told that you should get out of your comfort zone, or get a system, or the fortune is in the follow-up, then you have to hear this free video. To get this video for free, 
Just go to DanaWild.com slash free training or text 44222 with the word myth busting. That's all one word with no spaces. Again, online, that's DanaWild.com slash free training or from your phone, just text 44222 with the word myth busting all together with no spaces. And we'll send you this controversial video right away. The best part about this video is that Dana tells you the easy steps you could be using to build your business instead of using these tired old myths. What if everything you've ever been told about building a business is wrong? It is. Go to DanaWild.com slash free training today and find out why. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's Dana Wild. And hey, we're talking about being salesy. We're talking about how to be a more effective salesperson without that, that bad feeling, to, to lead with feeling good, to lead with the transformation that you're providing, to realize that, hey, guess what? It's not all about you. I know as much as we think it is. I know my favorite topic is me, so I sometimes forget that it's not all about me, that it is about other people. Julie has given us so much good information. We just checked in with our Facebook audience, and a great question came up. I want to get to it, but before we do, I want to make sure that you know that you can connect with Julia Andrews at juliaandrews.com or you can get her free gift at giftfromjulia.com, giftfromjulia.com. When you head over there, you're going to see that it's going to give you some really good tips on how to do those one-on-one calls. So I want to get to the premium pricing stuff, Julia, but the question that came up on Facebook was so good. Linda asked, do you have any suggestions for charging for your time? Yeah. So, again, what's the name? What's that it? Linda. Linda. Okay, Linda. So I'm speaking to you, but I, I hope everybody benefits from this. Everybody has a different methodology when it comes to money, okay? My personal belief is, you know, I take... Uh, my experience, I know how long the time that it could take me to give somebody results. And people in my mind, I believe, pay for the results, not for the time, you know. So I, tr- I don't charge in hours. I charge in, in, in either working, you know, one-on-one with people or um, in courses or with companies packages basically and the hourly mentality the reason why there's nothing wrong with that I just want to say that but if you're looking to scale if you're looking to have a life you can't be charging hourly or else you're always you're kind of like changing time for money a little bit I don't like the hourly model I just don't because it feels very um, like I can't do what I want to do and have time. It's like I'm chained to my phone or my desk or, you know, wherever I'm going to go. So that's my opinion on the hourly. I mean, you can, if you're, if you want to go and do that, the first thing I would do is look at what is it, what's my industry? Um, what is the high end? What's the low end? And where do I feel I fit in? This is a very personal thing because our money conversations are going to come up. Our worth conversations are going to come up, and that's okay. But we need to have a serious check-in with ourselves. Where, How do we want to be viewed in the marketplace? And what's the authority we want to have? And what do we want to command in terms of premium? So that's. I hope I answered the question. Um, 
I would just look at, you know, what everybody's charging, what's my market charging, what I feel right charging, what I'm, what, what my product does uh, or my services do for people and take it from there. But I would actually start looking into packaging and yeah. looking into not, yeah. not trading time for dollars. I think this actually is a good segue probably into the next question about premium pricing because you, you said something really powerful there that I tell everybody as well, I couldn't agree with you more, which is that people pay for the transformation. And so, so stop selling them a coaching call and start selling them the, you know, name your package, the transformation that they're going to experience. And it's based on them having that change in their life. It makes uh, so much more sense. And so sometimes when you do that, those packages can get to be kind of higher price and you feel weird about asking for that amount of money. And so what do you recommend for people who are trying to feel comfortable delivering the message that it's going to cost this much <laughs> to, to work with you? Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't ask a, a coaching client to invest in my coaching practices if I don't invest in that myself. So that's one thing. Like I have the belief, like I pay, you know, five figures to work with private coaches on different topics and I because I believe in the investment, I know it's going to have a return. Uh, so when I'm asking for you know five thousand or fifteen thousand or third or whatever the amount is, I I understand the psychology behind it. I feel comfortable asking for it because I also pay it. I also invest in myself that way. So there's no like, oh my god, I'm asking this person to invest this kind of money in me, and I would never do that. You feel almost wow. like full like. Julia, this is so good. This is so good. You're, you know what? I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, and you're spot on. You know, I know how much I invest every single year in my own personal mentorship, being mentored by people, and it does make you feel more comfortable about asking for it because you know the value because you would never – you would do it yourself. You would buy that thing yourself, right? Exactly. So that's one piece of it. So let's, let's, so let's make a note on that. Do I invest? in this type of stuff, you know, coaching or what, what, whatever type of coaching. Do I even, you know, take out my pocketbook? The second thing is, wh- what do I want my life to look like? What do I, you know, do I want a lifestyle? Do I want a job? I mean, this is, this is, I think this is a very real conversation. Do I want to be charging? And I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, you should charge this much. I mean, I, I just want to, I want to take the romance out of it and let's get real Let's. What do we want to make as a in in in, a, in income? You know, if you maybe don't feel comfortable charging three thousand, maybe you charge you know twenty eight ninety nine or something like that, and and or you know move you a little bit up the ladder. But but I'm not. We're not going to start by something very very small where you're undercharging and people. Here's something that maybe uh, Dana, you can you can talk you can kind of bounce off this uh, notion that there's a psychological thing thinking about money where if you pay very little, even though it's the same content, you don't pay a lot of attention. In fact, you feel like it's not even worth your time or it's not that good or it's maybe this is like, I don't know, she didn't put a lot of effort into this. But if you, you use the same product or the same program or whatever services and you charge double or triple, the perceived value is much higher. And people, I've heard this time and time again, I don't know who, I want to give credit to someone, but I don't know who said this first, but you know, the more you pay, the more you pay attention. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. You're absolutely right. You know, because, and I'll tell you something else too, you have less headaches because the people who are paying a premium price, they are the type of people who are going to show up and they're going to do the work because they paid that money to do the work. And so yeah. you have fewer people like not have you. Have, they're more likely to have transformation. You have more people having transformation with you. You know, it just makes sense all the way around. Yeah. And we just need to identify where this thing is coming from. So let's let's look at why well, I don't want to charge it. Why? And, and, and keep asking why and why and why until you get to the root of the cause. Maybe you'll say, well, I don't think I'm worth that much. But so why? So let's look at what, you know, what you're teaching them. Maybe, maybe you would feel more comfortable if you had another feature or something different to it where you feel that it's providing more value. So you just, it's, it's not just about leaving it where I don't feel comfortable. Well, let's research why and let's get to the bottom of it. I mean, I feel comfortable charging premium pricing because I know I, A, I pay for them and B, I, I know the value that I'm providing, you know, 22 years experience. Um, C, I, uh, I believe in the product. I'm super enthusiastic. So I know people are going to get uh, either transformation or get results. And also, there's a, there's so much abundance. There's so many people with money looking for you. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and where do I get that? Is because I see it. You know, just look around you. If people uh, are, you just need to take a little bit of a drive down your town, and you'll see people with money. You know what else, Julia, that's really important along the same lines is that there are people who want more time with you that they can't get in, a, you know, other packages or other ways. They want more closeness with you and they're willing. There are people right now that are following you that want to pay a higher price to hang out. Yeah. 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 They just, you know, dig you. <laughs> they dig your message. They do yeah. what you do. So I think that. We can talk a lot about that, and I think uh, it's worth talking about, but there's a reason and a cause why you're not unable to pull the trigger on, on that. Once yeah. we get you comfortable, we move you up, and we move you up, but it, it's just you need to understand the reason of why. For me, I remember um, because, you know, going back to when I was, you know, 17, I would see these, these college kids selling, you know, they were making, literally, they were making between three and $5,000 a week mm. selling knives. On commission so I was like there's obviously people that are buying it or else how would they be making the money so you know that stigma of like even though we couldn't afford them we were you know broke as a joke I mean it was just like bad but but other people were and so I think you need to it's a mindset that to me personally is a mindset it's a block that we need to massage and, and get to the read up of it so we can you know eliminate it. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Well, and I'm glad you brought it back to mindset because I know we, we have to close. I feel like you're somebody I could, we could just keep bantering all day on this, but I'm glad you brought it, brought it back to mindset because that's the truth. You can have all of the techniques and all of the, oh, here's how you overcome objections and all of that stuff, but none of it's going to work if you still feel crappy. And that feeling crappy part, that's the inside job. That's the inner work that, you know, you, I know you talk about the inner work of sales and I'm, I'm in with you. Julia, this was so good. Like I just enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much for being here. And I really appreciate it. I know everybody else does too. Everybody give a big hands up for, for Julia. Oh my God, I could have been here for so long. We barely even scratched the surface. There's so much to talk about and, and to just make sure that people feel super comfortable selling. Julia, do you have a parting shot you want to yeah, give everybody? I, mean, I would say, 
A couple, absolutely, a couple different things. One thing, I want you to write it somewhere in front of you, in a notepad or something, where it's like, sellable is a learnable skill. It's not, you know, I wasn't born with it or all that crap. It's like, it's so, something you can learn. And just remember, repetition is the mother of all skill. So the more you repeat, it's some, this is something I want to leave you with. You do not see an incredible athlete get good by reading about the sport or watching videos. They have to actually go out and experience it over and over and over again to get good. So think about that when you're going out and selling and you're sucking. How many times do you actually perform the act of talking to people? You know what I mean? It's like... Your first call will never be the same as your hundredth call. It's going to be different, but you you can't you can't speed up the process and think like, oh, I'm going to read all these books and I'm golden. It's not going to happen. Yeah, wow, that's so true. I love it. That you know it's true, y'all. This is so good. I totally enjoyed this, and I know you did too. And you get what Julia's saying, right? I mean, think about it. Go back and think about what she said. If other people can do it, you can do it too. Get good at your craft. Get good at your craft by doing your craft. Continue to do it. Continue to get good at it, and you'll figure it out. And remember to do that inner work, the mindset work. You're out there transforming lives. You have a transformation that's going to help people. You have something that's going to help people sell yourself first. Sell yourself first and know that it's about them. It's not about you. And as you start to come up against those stumbling blocks that you feel, those weird feelings, know that that's figure outable too. It's just a matter of being willing to step up and continue to do the mindset work and the outside work every day. And we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. I'm excited. I mean, like every time Dana says, you know, you got to take a drink. A donkey's on my back with the bridle in my mouth, whipping me and telling me what to do. This is what this tribe is about. This tribe is about breaking through paradigms. Letting go is an inside affair. Every human being is a unique and different human being. Please don't shoot me or say anything bad today. Don't put an apple on your head and I won't. All you have to do is flip the button. I was like, boo, Dana. Like, what? I was just like, what the heck is wrong with me? I'm like, I just want to go to work. I'd like to just have a girlfriend, settle down.